0: Yes we are. Welcome to the All Our Teams podcast, the uninformed and yet equally opinionated gander into the sporting world. As always, my name is Alistair Kirk and once again I am joined by my two fantastic co-hosts. First up, he is not Luther Vandross, it's Jack Green. Good evening gentlemen, how are we doing? And across the pond, thousands of miles away, in person but very close to our hearts, you will not catch him spying on the Cincinnati Bengals, it's Jeremy Curo. Hello boys. This week we are going to delve into the news from the past week or so We'll once again try and figure out uh, which athlete will make an ESPN documentary uh, We'll discuss teams that we don't love but somehow still do Jeremy will play a game And we'll delve into our favourite round which is top threes but Let's start with the news from the NBA That Vince Carter has more than likely retired after 23 seasons in the league The eight-time All-Star and two-time all NBA, who was Rookie of the Year in 1998 and 99, was drafted in 1998 by the Golden State Warriors, traded to Jeremy's beloved Toronto Raptors. Now, Carter, who played seven seasons, six and a half for Toronto, prior to being traded to the New Jersey Letts for Alonzo and as we discovered a few weeks ago, two men who are definitely not brothers, more than likely played his last game in March against the New York Knicks. Now, the season has been curtailed, boys. It is coming back. Atlanta are not turning up in Florida due to uh, their horrendous record. But what I'd like to discuss with you both is what his legacy will be. Um, as we stated, six and a half seasons in Toronto before leaving an awful turn, uh, on awful terms, I should say. There are signs that some in Toronto have slowly begun to forgive him. Um, in a game, was it last season, they had a celebration video on the uh, Jumbotron, uh, many started to boo before seamlessly moving into rounds of applause. Uh, but the question is, Jeremy, one, were you involved in the round of applause? And two, what do you think his legacy will be?
1: I wasn't involved in the round of of applause because if I'm going to a Raptors game, it's not going to be against Atlanta. Um, <laughs> his, his legacy, I think, will be that of uh, not only longevity, but of adaptability. Uh, He obviously was, we said we played 23 years, and he wasn't a star for you know at least half of that. By the time he got to Phoenix, he was definitely just a role player. Uh, It's not often that players who were his caliber at one point can adapt to the point where they're happy to just come off the bench or or happy to be a locker room leader, but but Carter did make the most of that. I have mixed feelings on him, as you guys know. He was probably the most famous player in Raptors history, and and he certainly, I'll admit, had a, a great impact in... Um, Not only making the game more popular here, but making Toronto and the Raptors more popular throughout the rest of the world. Obviously most known for his spectacular dunking as well. His performance in the 2000 dunk contest is undoubtedly the best I've seen. Um, A lot of those dunks have been done since, but at the time they were all so original. The one he did where he came in from the left and did the one-handed 360 windmill is probably the best dunk I've ever seen. I have him fourth in my all-time Raptors rankings, one ahead of Chris Bosh, but behind Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, and DeMar DeRozan. So time does heal wounds, so people are coming around, myself included, on Carter. I do appreciate what he's done for the league and what he's done for the Raptors, but there are still some, you know, lasting wounds.
0: Jack, you previously defended Vince Carter with your life, having watched a documentary on him, but then you admitted that... You may have misjudged his character. Uh, how do you see his career as a whole?
2: Explanation of a Belfast 180 there, gentlemen. That's uh, exactly what I did with Vince Carter. Yeah, he. to me, I think he will go down as a waste of talent due to his own attitude problems. That's what it feels like to me. Again, very kind of outsider view on the whole thing. I, I, I only heard of Vince Carter when I watched that documentary Two months ago, so it's it's not like I'm an expert. I think Jeremy kind of covered there, saying about it doesn't happen as often where someone who has been at that level is willing to sit on the bench and be a part of the squad and not so much of the starting lineup. And maybe that will go down as his legacy with the people that he played with, but potentially with the organizations he played for. Definitely uh, a waste of a waste of a hell of a hell of a lot of potential that that came shining through so very early and then petered out. So very
1: quickly.
0: I was listening to the lead podcast uh, last week and they had sort of alluded to the fact that potentially Vince Carter was never that interested in winning titles. He didn't have that goal. He just wanted to play, hence the reason that he continued to play well into, well, not well into, but into his early 40s. For a man who once got the world's worst nickname, which was half man, half amazing, (laughs) do we believe that he didn't want to win titles or do we believe that this is something that somebody would say if you maybe didn't achieve it.
1: It's hard to say. Um, you see it with a lot of guys where at the end of their career, they will go to a team who has a high chance to win, which is something Carter never did. So maybe he just valued actually playing more than he did being a 12th man on a championship team.
2: It's kind of the same as my, my uh, question to you last week, Ali, about Liverpool and Aston Villa. You said Aston Villa, I did. so maybe you're Vince Carter. I am the Vince Carter
0: of Scotland. Um... Boys, we have named uh, four of the teams that Vince Carter played for. Um, We've got Toronto Raptors, Tick, Phoenix Suns, Tick, New Jersey Nets, Tick, and Atlanta Hawks, Tick. Um, Shall we take a punt at guessing the rest?
1: Let's do it. Let's see if you guys can do it. All right. So, Jack.
2: I'm going to go straight in with Minnesota
1: Timberwolves. That is not correct, Jack. Damn. Damn.
0: I would like to say the Sacramento Kings...
1: That is correct.
2: I'm going to go with the Heat, Miami Heat.
0: No. Oh, God damn it. Uh, I will go with uh, the Dallas Mavericks.
1: Correct. I didn't realize we were playing another round of um, uh, AFL player or politician, (laughs) Jack. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) So uh, early how in many the teams have we got left? Okay, so what do we I think we've two left.
0: Right, so we've got Toronto, Phoenix, New Jersey, Atlanta, Kings and the Mavericks. So there's two left.
2: I'm going to go with a new technique in guessing teams that no longer exist. So we're going to start with the Seattle
0: SuperSonics. Do <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Uh...
0: Okay, one of them
1: one, one of the cities starts with an M and one of the team names starts with an M. Memphis
0: Grizzlies? Oh, I like that.
1: Memphis it is.
0: And the other one, team name starts with a name. Orlando Magic.
1: Nailed it. Got it. I was going to say Orlando, I just didn't. Hey, but you didn't, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> what was this? Is that? Irish? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
0: Right, well, that was that was good, Jack. I was like Vince Carter in the dunk contest, and you were like the guy who had to come after Vince Carter in the dunk contest. Uh, but we got there. That was...
2: Cool. I'm more like the guy that... I think I'm more like the guy that picked up the balls after they did the dunks.
0: <laughs> hmm. Uh, Something else I found out about Vince Carter uh, He was the cousin of Or is the cousin of Tracy McGrady I did not know this Uh, Tracy McGrady who was drafted by the Toronto Raptors Around about the same time that Vince Carter Was in Toronto Was that a coincidence? Did Carter uh, lobby for his drafting?
1: We talked about this on a a previous episode Did I not mention that they were cousins?
0: (laughs) Really glad I listened Really glad I listened
2: Uh, I, I don't think we did actually mention it at the time um, I remember it from the documentary. I can't remember why. It's something to do with... Didn't he end up like, living with his mum or something?
1: It's really weird, right? To play on a team with your cousin and to not be able to coexist. Hmm. Although, if you've met a few of my cousins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, moving on to my beloved world of motorsports, seven-time NASCAR champion Jimmy Johnson missed last week's Brickyard 400 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway having been diagnosed with COVID-19. Johnson, who was asymptomatic Tomatic, a word I struggle to say Missed his first race since 2002 Having raced 663 consecutive times Winning 83 of them and notching up a record-tying seven championship run, including five in the in a row. He remains the only NASCAR driver to do such a thing. Johnson, who has not won since 2017, is retiring at the end of the year. He was replaced by Justin Allgaier, who crashed 17 laps into the race, so that was a fantastic substitute. The weekend saw NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar race at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the same weekend for the first ever time. In averse commas, there has been a long-standing rivalry between NASCAR and IndyCar. IMSA is owned by NASCAR. However, many are realizing that in these uh, tough times, sports need to support each other and therefore NASCAR fans uh, were happy to watch IndyCar and IndyCar fans were happy to watch NASCAR. The reason I bring this up is we are seeing changes within sport as a result of COVID-19 and I wanted to get an idea from both of you. What do you think should remain After COVID.
2: None of it. Brutally honest, none of it. I think it everything that seems to have come in has had a negative effect on the level of competition or the level of sport that is happening in these, in the competitions that at least that I've been watching. I've obviously can't vouch for motorsports, but football seems to, Premier League football has been drab. Less goals, less competitive. A lot of teams look tired and completely off the ball. The NBA hasn't even started yet and the whole thing seems to have become a bit of a sham because of where they've chosen to do it. Let's face it, they've chosen to do it at Disney World. That in itself makes it a bit of a laughing stock. You're talking about the NHL playoffs all being played in two cities which takes a lot away from the whole idea of the playoffs and the way that it's played. Certain teams may settle quicker and that might mean they get a run to the to the Stanley Cup final, when actually if they were travelling halfway across America just to play an away tie, they may not have had that advantage. So I, I, I don't think from any of the sports that I pay attention to, any of it has been positive. And on top of that, it's a pandemic. No positives for me, unfortunately.
1: Jeremy? I've been enjoying golf. I mean, no more than I would have normally. But when I'm watching it, to be honest, I'm not really noticing that there aren't fans there. It's sort of nice just to see an open course like that. Uh, The one thing I will say I did enjoy more was the NFL draft. Instead of just having cameras on guys in the green room while they're waiting to be picked, we get to see them at home in their own element, see who they're around, see what their parents are like, what their family's like, what their house looks like. It was a lot of fun learning a lot and seeing a lot about all the different um, prospects.
0: Yeah, for myself, as we know, last week I saved Super Rugby and therefore I would like my plan to be implemented on a full-time basis. Another thought would be if the pandemic may bring a global transfer market date into football. At the minute, we can see that uh, we see that Scotland and England, for example, have different transfer deadline days. Other countries, somehow, they can still be buying players three weeks after uh, English Premier League teams can no longer do so. I like the idea of there being a global transfer market deadline. And I've heard that potentially this could come into play because of the confusions with contracts. And in the motor racing world, many um, formats have been changed. We've seen shorter races from the likes of Australian supercars and we've seen multiple race series racing in the same weekend at the same track. And and I'd like to see that change. But Jack, I I do think you've said it right. We've seen not the best football uh, down south and uh, ultimately it's a pandemic. So what positives can we take from that? Boys, last week we discussed the potential name change to the Washington Redskins of the NFL. This week, the Cleveland Indians of Major League Baseball have joined the discussion into changing their name. As we alluded to, the Redskins' main sponsor, FedEx, who also have um, a significant minority stake in the Redskins, have asked the team to review their name. Now, President Donald Trump has come out saying that neither the Redskins nor the Indians should change their name, which is an easy indication that both the Redskins and Indians should change their name with immediate effect. Uh, in the last episode, Jeremy, you came up with some fantastic Team names that were uh, much better than the Redskins. It's 2020. Teams are finally starting to listen. Or at least their investors are starting to listen. But it is a start. Boys, there's other teams out there, uh, such as the Chicago Blackhawks, um, the Kansas City Chiefs in England, there's the Exeter Chiefs. Do we believe that any of these teams need to change their names? Or are we looking more specifically at the Redskins and at the Cleveland Indians because their names are, well, quite frankly, derogatory in their terms? Jeremy.
1: The Redskins and the Indians are the most egregious by far, and I just had a look back at what the Indians logo looks like. If you haven't seen it in a while, have another look. It is, like, insane that that's the face of a team. Uh, When it comes to all the teams, I say let's just change them. You know, what's the point? People find them offensive. Let's just get rid of them. The only reason you would ever say keep them is because of tradition, but I'm someone who will always say that progress is more important than tradition. Jack. Um, Slightly different
2: view on it. I agree the Indians logo is ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure they have actually changed it. I'm not sure when, but it was recently, but rightly so, completely. My point, after having looked up what Black Hawk meant, uh, obviously following Chicago there, other than a helicopter, Black Hawk was a tribal leader in the Midwest. The thing for me is, I think it's, it's more of a statement on America's history and on American attitudes to their history, Um, that it is a racial issue. Let me put it in a different context. So if the Black Hawks were an an ice hockey team in New Zealand, people would be proud that that was a name of their team. They would be proud of the Maori heritage. They would be proud of the name of their team had something to do with their past and they would be celebrated for that. In America, it's turned on its head because for such a long time, people have seen that as a negative thing for it to be aimed at... uh, of Native Americans so for me not that that's going to change anytime soon I don't think that it is a racist name I think that America has a massive problem with the way that it looks at its history and it should consider celebrating the heritage that was there despite having then ruined it yes I think they probably should change for that reason but I think it's a real shame because actually there's a there's an opening to use those names to really look into the way that their country was before Europe came over um, and really learn something about their history back into sports side of things black hawks logo is pretty similar and the same as cleveland it is it's pretty bad so uh, yeah i think uh i think they've just got to do it like if if the redskins which is definitely the worst of the lot are changing up i think everyone should probably
1: follow suit is it true that the new zealand rug or sorry the new zealand basketball team is the tall blacks
0: that's correct yes You've got, the, you've got the All Blacks, the Tall Blacks, the Black Caps, the All Whites are the football team, uh, and then you've got the Black Ferns netball team.
2: That's a cool name. And the Ice Blacks is the hockey team too.
0: Yeah, boys, um, some really good takes from you both there. Um, from my own perspective, when it comes to rugby's Exeter Chiefs, uh, it's slightly odd that a team in Devon has decided to call themselves Extra Chiefs. It's slightly odd that their fans put on Indian uh, headdresses and uh, chant like they are a Native American. Um, Will they ever change the name? I doubt it. I don't think there's as big a call over here because, uh, well, we we colonised, didn't we? Yet again, it's a political topic, but it's an important one. The Redskins need to change their name. They hopefully will. The Cleveland Indians should change their name and should almost certainly uh, change their badge, if nothing less. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see what happens Um, But as we all know The team that needs to change their name the most Are the Carita Watergush
1: Disagree totally
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a great name Jack, in the football world uh, Rumours and reports started coming out last week That Lionel Messi uh, was to leave Barcelona At the end of his contract in 2021 The six-time Ballon d'Or winner scored his 700th Career goal against Atletico Madrid just last week. Uh, Mixed messages. The club president, uh, Josep Maria Bartomo. That's probably not how you pronounce it, so apologies to Mr. Bartomo. He has stated that Messi will end his career with Barcelona. Uh, Messi being uh, at Barcelona since 2001, making his senior debut in 2004. Jack, will Messi leave? Where could he go, and is this football's LeBron moment?
2: I think he could go if he's not happy. Like the, the, if he's coming to a point where he can leave, then why wouldn't he? Like if he's if he's done with it, it's not a challenge for him anymore. He's obviously got enough ability to last a little bit longer. Um, I think the right move for him would potentially be Italy, uh, following in the footsteps of Ronaldo to some extent, but also Spanish football is a slower game as is Italian football. Um, I think coming to the Premier League at the age that he would be would be a mistake for him, though a bigger challenge at the same time. Um, An interesting comment by the the club president to say that he will finish his career at Barcelona unless he's planning on running him over at the end of next season and guaranteeing him finishing at that point. Uh, I, I think it's a... It's a very arrogant but also very typical of Barcelona, Real Madrid, top end of Spanish football uh, ownership. I don't know, I, I, the main thing for me is I, I just couldn't imagine it. I couldn't imagine Messi playing anywhere else now. We obviously spoke about, I, I brought up Messi versus Ronaldo on the, on the first part and Ronaldo has done it. He started somewhere else, he moved around straight away. Messi is, is a staple of Barcelona's team this millennium, 20 years at the team. I just couldn't imagine him playing somewhere else.
0: Yeah, the club president, uh, with a slightly uh, almost uh, threatening in nature statement, uh, slightly worried there might be a Joseph Fritzel moment in Catalonia. Jeremy, in episode one, you said that you uh, really liked Lionel Messi's hair. Uh, where would you like to see that hair playing?
1: Well, Liverpool comes to mind right away. No. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, he's. we've seen a lot of guys move to the MLS later in their career. I think Messi's too good for that still. Uh the highest level of soccer is obviously in europe uh, selfishly i would like to see him come here and play just so i could see him in life in, in in real life i mean um when a guy's that good and may go down as the best ever any opportunity you have to actually see them play would be amazing so i would like to see him come to the mls if not now sometime in the future
0: yeah, I have I, always liked the idea of you know someone like Lionel Messi, if you've achieved absolutely everywhere, just for your last season. I don't know signing for like Scottish League Two side Elgin City and just seeing how well it goes. You know, can you single handedly promote the team? Um, I think there's a. If he was to leave, I think there's a chance he could go back for a cameo in Argentina, play for his boyhood club that he supported as a child. But yeah, I agree with Jack. Uh, I think it would be just crazy. Him not being in a Barcelona shirt Clearly he's unhappy with how the club is progressing Barcelona have not come back from pandemic 2020 um, All guns blazing They've dropped points unnecessarily And he does seem a little bit alienated <sighs> Deep down though I think he'll be at Barcelona past 2021 And I I think we'll see a one club man Unless he chooses to do one final season uh, either in Argentina or at Elgin City, <laughs> boys. Another football news and talking of the MLS. Jeremy, your beloved Toronto FC has delayed their travel down to Florida after a member of their and I quote travel port party reported experiencing symptoms to. The team's medical staff. Now, Toronto FC were due to travel to Orlando for their first scheduled match, which is on July 10th against Wayne Rooneyless DC United. Now, COVID-19 in sport is an ongoing uh, issue. We've already seen Norwich City player Marco Steeperman diagnosed with the virus. As Jack alluded to, that is the single reason why Norwich will be relegated this year. Uh, multiple PGA Tour golfers... Um, ...have been diagnosed and the earlier mentioned Jimmy Johnson. Last week we spoke about the NHL returning uh, to both Toronto and Edmonton. I wanted to discuss with you both the continuing issues with cross-border sports, particularly in North America... ...where you have teams from both Canada and the United States... ...and where you have teams who represent states and provinces which have different rules and different regulations. We've just seen it in Australia. Victoria has gone back into lockdown... Australian supercar teams who were based in Melbourne they raced for the border Um, Canada is dealing with the virus better than the USA they say that the Champions League game uh, between Atletico Madrid and and Liverpool spread the virus across Europe we want sport to come back Florida has put its hands up and said we'll host they seem to have everyone with COVID Um, do you boys have any idea how we can progress sport um, without Locking athletes in hotel rooms and throwing away the key.
1: I know we've just started this podcast, but it's going to be so nice when we don't have to talk about this sort of thing anymore. It's difficult here because basically, here in Canada, every team has to cross the border to play. Um, There's only one team from Canada in both the NBA and MLB. There's seven in the NHL and there's three in MLS. So every time they, they cross the border, I don't know, are they going to have to quarantine for two weeks? One thing that would make sense, I guess, would be to base them out of an American city, maybe, especially if it's the leagues where it's only one team, since it's not like fans can be there anyway. It's a little different, though, When with, you know, they're taking private jets flying from not, you know, not having to go through the airport and mix with everybody. That makes it a little bit easier for them. But, yeah, it is still an issue. I'm really not sure what they're going to do. But, fuck, I hope it's done soon. Jack. Honestly, I don't
2: know what I would do. Uh, Part of me wants to say, just, just cut them loose. But uh, try telling the Canadians they can't play in the NHL. The NHL has just said that Canada is important by sending the Americans up to Canada to play the rest of the season. The Raptors and the Blue Jays, it's maybe a bit of a different story, but then again the Raptors could be in for another title this year. Try cutting out one of the best teams in the league. There's obviously giant financial ramifications of all of it. I think it's just, it's going to be a mess however they do it. You've got to just protect as much as you possibly can. Sending people to Florida is fucking ridiculous, but they're doing it. So safeguard your players, safeguard your organizations, and keep people away from them as much as possible. The idea of a bubble needs to be a very real thing now.
0: Yeah, I agree with you both. It will be nice when we can have a COVID-free episode. Um, Two key stories on covid To start the day off, never a positive For me, the only solution is for the two Niagara Falls to secede from both their countries Unify as one Uh, Get rid of anyone with COVID and then host all sports there from now on In COVID-free news, let's move to the NFL Uh, David Njoku is joining the ever-growing list of players who are wanting a trade The 29th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft has been on the Browns' roster for three seasons. He only played three games last year after suffering a broken wrist, signing a four-year, $9.5 million contract. The Browns exercising their fifth-year option. He becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2022. Boys, I love NFL, but you two know a lot more than me. Is it Joko right to be asking for a trade? Is this the Browns being the Browns again? Uh, The list is getting longer of guys who no longer want to play where they play. And
2: Joku is is definitely got a, a an argument to want to get out of there. They've just taken, they've just signed Hooper, and they drafted a guy in the the fourth round, I think, this year. Uh, it may have been the third. The only reason that they've taken the fifth year option is because, well, it feels to me that it's because it, they spent so highly on him in the first place. The guy has clearly got talent. At the same time, clearly concerned that he's so injury prone, he's never going to really get to where they need him to be. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a real shame for for both sides. I mean. Cleveland uh, have a history of drafting like shit, but I I would like to actually see him go somewhere else where he's gonna get that time to really prove the or show the talent that he's got. Um I'd take him at the Bills.
0: Jeremy. Yeah,
1: he'd be a nice fit on the Bills actually. Um some other teams I thought would make sense for him. The Seahawks, Cowboys, and Patriots all stand out as teams who could use his talents. Uh he's still young. He's he's I guess we're going into his fourth year. Uh he's got a lot of talent. He's uh super athletic, so It would make sense for him to go, especially as you said, they just signed Austin Hooper. I'm sure the Browns will want a lot for him in a trade because they spent a first on him, but I can't see them getting much more than a third, maybe a second if they're lucky.
0: Boys, the biggest news out of the NFL, though, this week uh, was the news that Patrick Mahomes has reportedly signed a 10-year contract extension uh, with Adam Schefter reporting that this will be the richest deal in NFL history worth $450 million. Now, Mahomes who's the youngest player to ever win the Super Bowl uh, and the MVP, uh, would see his deal surpassing Mike Trout of the MLB to become the biggest in sports history. Mahomes, who threw 10 postseason touchdowns on the way to the Super Bowl win last year, uh, he will also become the highest paid quarterback currently that sits with Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. Ah, uh, the news broke on Monday, boys. Can you make sense of it? Has this benefited Mahomes? Has this benefited the Chiefs? Who wins?
1: If there was no salary cap, there would be no amount of money that's too much to pay Mahomes. I think the best player in the league. He's an absolute stud at the most important position in all of sports. The only reason it seems like so much money is because it's going to take up so much of their salary cap. So the Chiefs are going to have to be creative and in a way, find a way to keep... Talented team around him. I do think they will be able to, and I do think he's good enough to succeed even with limited talent around him. But there's still a lot of good guys on the team under manageable contracts, so I don't see them, you know, falling off at all anytime soon. Jack. Yeah,
2: completely agree. The guy's obviously a sensational quarterback, and he is the future of that franchise. 12 more years of Patrick Mahomes could bring a handful of titles, potentially challenging Brady for his handful of uh, Super Bowl rings. The deal itself looks like it's unbelievable for both sides. Um, a Guaranteed money, very much most of that contract from the homes, And the Chiefs don't ever have to worry about a quarterback again. Get yourself a half-decent backup in case he gets injured. Let's worry about spreading what money we've got left to make sure we've got the weapons to make it work.
0: And as I've alluded to on a previous podcast, uh, Patrick Mahomes dominated me on Madden and therefore the guy is priceless. (laughs) Um, In the golfing world, Dustin Johnson uh, won the Travellers Championship at TPC River Highlands in Connecticut and he bulked up Bryson DeChambeau won at the weekend there in the Rocket Rocket Mortgage Classic. That's easy for me to say in Michigan. I'm a big Dustin Johnson fan. Uh, I had the privilege of going to the 2015 Open Championship at St. Andrews. I took my wonderful wife with me and we had a very special moment where we were right behind Dustin Johnson at the uh, at the tee, I was quietly explaining to my wife that this was a dream come true, I'm within touching distance of my all-time favourite golfer, he's one of the world's best, he was still in a contention to win the 2015 Open Championship, I said to Lindsay, watch this, like George Bush, watch this drive. Dustin Johnson proceeded to shank the ball straight into a car park and was no longer in contention. And once again, this is why I should never, ever (laughs) be allowed to make any predictions in sport. In other news, the 2020 Ryder Cup has officially been postponed till 2021. Jeremy, we spoke before, if there's uh, one golf tournament that should have fans, it is the Ryder Cup. Uh, To me, this seems like a sensible idea.
1: First of all, that was a pretty cool Dustin Johnson story. And uh, yeah, it, it makes sense. Push it back. It sucks. We can wait. Not the end of the world.
0: Talking to people who want to wait, uh, in Major League Baseball, the list of players opting out of the 2020 season is growing on a daily basis. David Price has officially opted out. Felix Hernandez has also officially uh, opted out with Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross and Mike Leak, having previously stated they will not play. Buster Posey may opt out. And Mike Trout, whose wife is pregnant, feels he cannot play although he has uh, at the time of recording not made an official decision what's interesting with this news boys the players who are opting out they're all older players they've been in the league for many years they've made their money they have little to prove other than maybe their own egos and they're not willing to take that risk jack question i need to ask though any news on charlie blackman I haven't
2: heard anything yet. He's just spitting away in his little COVID den somewhere. I understand what you mean about the, the, the older guys or you know more established guys that, that are dropping out. But David Price, for example, is uh, is set to lose $12 million for not playing this season. It's a lot of money to sniff at. He's got to be obviously fairly serious about what he's doing. You're talking about some of the top players in the league not wanting to play here too. They're going to be pretty committed to the game and wanting to be a part of it. So it's a big statement and I think there is many more names going to come up uh, in the next few weeks as it all starts to come uh, to a head. Uh, For me, it could come to a point where it ends up being some sort of holdout over COVID. I guess it depends on how many stars look to drop out.
0: Jeremy, uh, Major League Baseball have announced there's going to be 60 games, I'm right in believing, this season. Yeah. Baseball appears to have had a messier transition from lockdown back to professional sports than other leagues. Uh, I'm not a big baseball follower. I don't live in North America. Uh, Is is that the case or is this me uh, not reading between the lines?
1: It's definitely the case. It was mostly because of so much uh, conflict between the owners and the baseball players union, which is known as the strongest in sports. Uh, Getting back to what you said a moment moment ago about a lot of stars not playing, while that sucks, if you're looking for a silver lining in it, it's that it will give give a lot of younger players a chance to potentially become stars. And in a time where people are desperate for something to watch and there's only 60 games, eyes that might normally not have been baseball, including my own, will be on them.
0: Yes, it sounds as if the Major League Baseball situation is not going to get any easier and I think we will see some big stars continue to drop out as time goes by. Boys I wanted to talk rugby to end the news segment this week. Uh, The news that Scottish legend Dodie Weir has been inducted into the Scottish Rugby Hall of Fame was announced at the end of last week, the former Scotland and Lions second row was diagnosed with motor neuron disease, which is known as ALS or Lou Gehrig disease in North America, back in December 2016. Now, he was told he would not walk into his doctor's office within a year, the average life expectancy between one and three years. He's now had the disease for three and a half years. He is still walking. However, the illness is slowly taking its hold. Tony Weir is not just a legend of Scottish rugby, he's slowly becoming a national treasure within Scotland. He played for the country 61 times. uh, And I was fortunate enough to see him at the annual Edinburgh Kilt Walk, which is a 24-mile charity walk around the city of Edinburgh, where he spoke publicly in front of... Everyone prior to heading out on the walk, he was as happy and as uplifting as he has always been, uh, despite enduring uh, the vile, vicious illness that is motor neuron disease. Weir was appointed nobie in twenty nineteen. He set up his own foundation, the My Name Is Dodi Foundation, which has now raised over five million pounds for motor neuron disease research. There is no known cure. In twenty seventeen, shortly after being diagnosed, Weir walked out to deliver the game ball against Scotland played the All Blacks in a very emotional scene. I listened to him on the official Scottish Rugby podcast earlier this week for a man who is dealing with something that would be many of our worst nightmare. He sure is very positive. In other rugby news, Dan Carter has prepared for his return to rugby by turning out for his childhood club Southland. The All Blacks legend played 80 minutes in the 54-14 drubbing of West Melton, they will be devastated Uh, the fly half was signed as injury cover uh, with the Auckland Blues, he's yet to feature for the Super Rugby side Um, the highlight for me was he signed somebody's forehead, I don't understand why people get famous people to sign parts of their body Um, are they planning on never showering again and if anything it's just unhygienic. The silly news story of the week also comes from rugby, former Welsh and British and Irish Lions player Gareth Cooper who was sadly defrauded by his own wife for £1 million. Well, his wife was found guilty and ordered to pay back £1 by a judge. Boys, as always, a packed out news to begin the evening. Shall we jump on to our first segment of the day?
1: Sure. One quick point there is Gareth is a very British name, isn't it? I've never met anybody here named Gareth. That's
0: very true. Is. I've, got a, I've got a very good friend called Gareth. And he's British, so that's, yeah, you've made a good point there.
2: It's a very Welsh name, actually. Lots of Gareth's in Wales.
0: Yes, there is. Gareth Thomas, Gareth Jones, Gareth Williams.
2: Gareth Bale. Exactly.
0: I'll yes. be honest, I, I kind of just made up like Gareth Williams, but there will be one out there. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, knowing, knowing Wales, there'll be 37 of them in the same town.
2: Gareth sounds like a, an older brother of Garth.
1: <laughs> True. We don't know anyone named Gareth, I guess. No, if only. Moving on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, boys, let's jump into the first segment of the night, which we have called 5450, as we do not want to get sued by ESPN. All three of us will name two athletes, we will discuss said athletes, and we will decide which of the two will be more successful, and Jeremy, kick us off.
1: Yeah, as I told you guys before we started, I originally had one NBA player and one college football player, but I decided to make a little change to make things a little bit more um, more even. So, my two players are John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies and De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings. Morant, a rookie this year, the second overall pick. He's averaging 17 and a game with 7 assists, 3.5 rebounds. When I watched this guy, I watched a whole bunch of highlights of him just the other day, and I can't help but be reminded of a pre-injury Derrick Rose. His lateral quickness, the way he attacks the basket and plays above the rim, it's truly amazing to watch. Uh, sort of shades of uh, Russell Westbrook as well there. He, he's just a, an, an insane level of athlete. It's its so rare for a guy who plays point guard to play so highly above the rim and finish with dunks just as often as layups. Uh, in comparison, De'Aaron Fox is... Maybe not the shooter that Morant is. He shoots 30% from three as opposed to Morant's 36%. But he might be the fastest player in the league. Uh, There are a few players since I started following college basketball. I don't follow it nearly as closely as college football, but that I'll go out of my way to watch. The first being Kevin Durant back in 2006 for Texas. Andrew Wiggins when he played for Kansas, as he was the most famous college basketball player out of Canada that I can remember. And then it was De'Aaron Fox while he was at Kentucky. So I used to get off work at about 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, Friday, Saturday night. I'd go to the pub across the street, have a few pints, and the West Coast games would always be on. Often that meant UCLA. One game I watched UCLA versus Kentucky, and I watched De'Aaron Fox just rip up Lonzo Ball. Put up 39 points on him, which is just insane for a college game to be scoring that much. I thought to myself at the time, this guy's going to be a star in the NBA, only to watch Lonzo be drafted ahead of him. I thought it was a mistake at the time, and I think if they could redo it, Fox would be first. If I had to take one of them, I would choose Ja Morant for the future of my franchise, and that's really just based on his ability to shoot the ball, which has become more and more important as the NBA sort of shifts away from the big man and into the shooter.
0: It was actually a question I wanted to ask. You alluded to last weekend. You've alluded to it there that NBA teams are moving away from the from the big man uh, to use that term. How tall is Morant at, at point guard?
1: So Morant and De'Aaron and Fox are both six foot three, which is the same as Russell Westbrook for a comparison. Yeah.
0: Isaiah Thomas, uh, the second, not the guy he was named after, he was always listed at being five foot. 10 5 foot 11, which would make him the same height as me. I cannot believe that he was only 5 foot 10. Can you confirm? Yeah,
1: a lot of those guys are, are usually even smaller than they're listed as, too. So, I mean, there's a chance he was probably closer to 5 foot 9.
0: That is quite staggering. Uh, well, we will keep an eye out for both of these to see if once again this podcast has been proved right, Jack.
2: Right, so I've uh, I've brought in. Devon Singletary, running back for my newly beloved Buffalo Bills, going up against Maximilian Ahrens, had to say Maximilian, from my beloved Norwich City. Two completely different sports, but two very similar situations that the players find themselves in. So Singletary, he's just had his rookie year, splitting splitting the work with uh, legendary Frank Gore, who snatched a lot of the, the goal line work away from him. Um, but despite that has managed to average 5.1 a carry a couple of TDs in there too and just under 800 yards which isn't bad at all for a for a rookie running back also being a big part of the receiving game 29 receptions for just under 200 yards again something that would probably will look to uh, improve over the next season or two they're obviously a very run heavy team the Bills too uh, the only real dangers to his progression would be that Josh Allen is a very very mobile quarterback and could potentially steal a lot of yards from Singletary and the drafting of Zach Moss uh, who will potentially come in and do what Frank Gore couldn't last season with some horrendous numbers in the red zone. Max Ahrens uh, is a young talented player come up through the ranks with Norwich City it's uh, clearly proven himself at the top level this season. Very similar to kind of a rookie season. He's got a big decision to make at the end of this year when Norwich inevitably do get relegated. Whether he wants to take a, take on a bigger club because they will be coming for him or take another season in a lower league where he can truly prove himself as a top talent. Obviously, moving to a bigger club, there would be a, a decline in the opportunity that he would receive. He very It would be unlikely that he would be a, a week-in, week-out starter for the likes of Tottenham Hotspur, who are the heaviest rumour. The other side of it, Norwich's defence is terrible and being stuck in a terrible defense may be detrimental to his progression. Personally, I feel like uh, Max Aaron's is more likely to be successful in his uh in his sport. Singletary is going to have way more obstacles in front of him to try and get to the highest level at his sport. So, yes, I will be selecting Max Aaron's of the two.
1: Thing about Singletary is he's an example of the NFL sort of moving away from Height being such a necessity, as he comes in at five foot six, five foot seven, which is very rare for a player.
0: Jeremy, uh, quick question from me: Does it offend you that Max Aaron says two first names? Yes. Thank you, <laughs> 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 Jack. I have picked two guys in a similar manner to yourself. They do not represent the same sport, but they are at a similar point in their respective careers. I have gone for. Edinburgh Rugby scrum half Charlie Shield and professional racing driver for Australian supercar setup Brad Jones Racing, Todd Hazelwood. Now Charlie Shield has played 16 times for Edinburgh Rugby in a position that we lack depth. We have the Greek Charlotte and Henry Burgos, and we have South African Nick Groom, who are both above Shield in the starting lineup, or if we were in North America, depth chart. Now in this curtailed season so far, the Pro 14 is due to return. In August, Shield has only started one game in the Pro 14 and one game in the Challenge Cup. In fact, those are the only two games he started for Edinburgh. Now, in that Challenge Cup match against lowly French outfit Agen, he was immensely disappointing, having been given the opportunity by head coach Richard Cockerell to start. He played roughly 66 minutes before he was taken off, having made a range of poor decisions. Uh, he lacked ball control, and you could tell he was nervous. As I alluded to, Scrum Half isn't our strongest position. Uh, Nick Groom is injured more times than I am while trying to scale a volcano. Henry Pergos is slower with the ball than a round of golf with Garth Crooks. And Charlie Shield is young, inexperienced, and he needs game time. Now, conversely, Todd Hazelwood is in his fourth season in Supercars, having won the Dunlop 2, which is a feeder series, back in 2017 with six wins. He's had 71 starts in Supercars. He's only managed four top tens. With a best finish of fifth over in New Zealand. Now, Hazelwood has a bit of an advantage over Shield. He races for Brad Jones Racing, who are good, but they are not great. They've never won a championship and they have a very youthful lineup. In fact, their oldest driver is only 31, which is the same age as myself, and he won his first race in four years a fortnight ago. But you can tell that Todd Hazelwood has a talent. During race three of the Ultimate Super Sprint a fortnight ago in Sydney, he was fighting for a top three before tyres and strategy defeated the team as a whole. It wasn't just him. And he ended up finishing eighth. Now, the two have huge potential ahead of them. But if I was to put my mortgage on who would succeed, it would be Todd Hazelwood. He's likable, he has talent, and that will impress sponsors, which is vitally important. Um, motor Racing is very dependent and very reliant on sponsorship, and that will be integral to his future. If he could get a run in a team like Walkinshaw, Andretti, or Erebus Racing, he could really shine in the sport. He's a long way off getting a gig with top-tier teams such as Triple Eight or Team Penske so boys as we all like to say we will look back at this in 10 years time and see if any of our predictions have come true but in the meantime let's jump into segment two of the episode in which we will discuss teams that we don't love but somehow still do jeremy
1: i've gone with the seattle seahawks here i think i've talked about before how russell wilson is my favorite player in the league uh, their coach is Pete Carroll, who's also my favorite coach of the league because of the success that he had at my beloved USC. I like their style of play. I think it's unique in the current NFL. It's just sort of hammer you with the ball and run it over and over and over until you put everything into stopping it, and then Russell Wilson chucks one over your head for a touchdown. Uh, Jack's rule of liking a team you've seen in person sort of applies here, as I saw Seattle absolutely crush the Bills 50-17 to 17 here in Toronto. Uh, one thing I don't like about it is the... Jersey, you see a lot of their fans wearing, which is number 12 with fan as the name on the back, which I would be utterly embarrassed to wear. Uh, and as someone from the eastern part of North America, there's always sort of been something appealing about the laid back um, West Coast lifestyle. So for all of those reasons, Seattle Seahawks and the limited success of my own New York Jets uh, has made me a fan of that team. I love them, but I also do not.
0: Jack, you've been to Seattle. Uh, did you buy a 12 man jersey?
2: I did not. No, I did not. But I did go to the stadium. Nice.
0: Um yeah, the Seahawks of course, uh, their fans once registered on the Richter scale, which uh is quite impressive. Jack, give us your team that you love but don't love.
2: Uh I've chosen the German national football team, which as an Englishman is quite a hard thing to say. Uh we're pretty much programmed to hate the Germans in all aspects, like all Bond villains are Germans because, you know, naturally we have to hate them even though it's been 70 years. When it comes to football, uh, there's no one that we like to beat more. We just don't do it. West Germany in the 1966 World Cup final is the last one that really means anything. We lost on the penalties in 1990 and in 1996. I love the German team. I think the way that they play is so brilliantly, stereotypically efficient. Some incredible players have come out of their national teams. Beckenbauer, Matthäus, two Mullers and Miroslav Klose, my favourite striker of all time.
0: Very good, very good. I have gone for Italian Syria side, Inter Milan. Now, my reason for loving this team, despite the fact I don't, I had a very fantastical view of Italian football. I think I've just made up a word there, but I just really liked Italian football in the 90s. Uh, we had a show over here in the UK called uh, Galazzo, which was every Sunday with James Richardson, who is uh, one of my podcasting heroes these days uh, in which we got to watch Italian football for free on a Sunday and Inter Milan was the team that always stood out Uh, two things stood out for me one, their official title was Internazionale, which is a cool word and uh, two, they were uh, sponsored by Pirelli which I also thought was a cool word and I just really liked their strip Uh, but they had the likes of Fat Ronaldo uh, Christian Vieri, who's a fascinating character Uh, Alvaro Rekoba, Yuri Jorkaev Inter Milan are a shadow of themselves now Although they do have uh, Christian Eriksen Who signed from my beloved Tottenham Hotspur on their books So yes, I don't love Inter Milan But I regularly find myself looking for their scores And seeing how they are doing
1: Jeremy Shall we play a game? Yeah, I've got some trivia questions ready for you guys. And a quick one yes. to begin. I'm going to tell you the answers first. The answer to one is yes, and the answer to the other is no. Uh, do I have maple syrup in my coffee, and am I wearing pants?
0: Uh, no. Uh, uh, no. It's just a... F- no.
1: There's no way. There's no way that you're wearing pants. Yes to the maple syrup. Yeah. I am, in fact, not wearing pants. <laughs> I am not. Look. Oh, yeah. And I just smashed a glass in my bedroom. <laughs> with so. no, With no pants on. I'm assuming you're not wearing socks. fucking horrendous. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Oh, that was just (laughs) utterly stupid. (laughs) Fucking hell. Like, it is everywhere. It's everywhere. Look, look. Oh, nice. Smooth. Can you see down there? (laughs) Fuck. Uh, My roommate's trying to work. I probably disturbed him. Okay. Disaster. (laughs) I'm just not going to put my foot over there for a little bit. And, uh... Anyway, the bottom line, what were we talking uh, about? We were going to do a quiz, but then you uh, turned out you yes. weren't wearing any I smashed pants. nice glass in my bedroom. Not wearing pants or socks. Okay. Just how we like you. First question of the trivia. This, this We're going to start with football. This player completed 58% of his passes for 3,089 yards. He had 20 touchdowns and 9 interceptions to go along with 631 rushing yards and 8 touchdowns. Was it Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, or Kyler Murray? It's not Allen.
0: It's going to be Allen now I've said that.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Tannehill.
0: I think it's a trick question, and it's in fact Tim Tebow.
1: It is Tebow. Off the board. No, uh, it is in fact Josh Allen. fuck's sake.
0: (laughs) Staggering. I'm not good at
1: quizzes, apparently. Nah, you're not good at... (laughs) Uh, Anyway, moving on. We're going to switch to NBA here. This player was averaging 18.1 points per game, 5.6 assists, 2.4 rebounds, shooting 49% overall and 30.6% from three. Is it Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker or Jamal Murray?
0: I'm going Derrick Rose. Not a
2: clue. Kemba Walker. It is in fact Derrick Rose.
1: Yes!
2: It would make sense. I wouldn't get it
1: Back to football. Back to football here, Jack, so you'll have a better idea. This player had 82 receptions, 1,507 yards, and eight touchdowns. Is it Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, or Larry Fitzgerald? Lockett.
0: I'm going to go Larry Fitz.
1: It is Lockett. Nice one. I got a question right. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, this man was the oldest ever WWE heavyweight <laughs> champion at the age of 54. Was it Hulk Hogan? Rick Flair or Vince McMahon? Oh my god, Vince McMahon. Ellie? The shockmaster. <laughs> Jack right again. <laughs> the owner giving it to himself, Vince McMahon. I remember watching that. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last one. We're going to Major League Eating here. This man ate six pounds of spam in twelve minutes. Was it? Crazy Leg Conti, Eric Badlands Booker? Or Richard the Locust Lefebvre?
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with Dalocust Locust
1: Lefebvre.
0: I'd like to go with Eric Badlands Booker because if I'm being honest, it's the only one I remembered all three words that you said.
1: Well, we got to say Jack's on a little hot streak of his own as he's Ooh. got the correct one again. Lefebvre.
0: Well, I think, I think Jack, you take that. Yeah, you got three. Three? Three is in fact the magic number because boys... Shall we end on top threes?
1: Nice one. Yeah, that's yes. good. Yes! Here, I'm going to go last on top threes because Ooh. I seem to always take a few of yours, so I have a few backups if needed. Ooh. Boys, we love
0: we love top threes. Jack, take it away with your top three athlete names in sport.
2: So I'm going to start off with a name that made me want to do this topic more than anything else. I'm going to put some middle names in there, and it's a bit of a trifactor. so just hear it out. First of all, the the... The player himself, Equinamius Tristan Imhotep St. Brown, a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, who, thanks to Jeremy's information the other day, I am informed has a brother named Amon Ray, I'm assuming that's how it's said, Julian Heru J, just the letter J, St. Brown, who put, who is plays for USC, I can't remember his position, maybe a wide receiver yeah. too. wide receiver, yeah. Thank you. Uh and i've also been informed that his father two time mr universe john brown is a an anticlimax to say the least <laughs> he added the fucking saint in there like oh, is what is fantastic. wrong with him like poor kids though Equinemius st brown is you know he's doing pretty well for himself but still anyway moving on oh, um number Joel. two he's a
1: third brother too i think
2: Oh, he doesn't count. I can't be asked. It'd be amazing
0: if he was just called John Brown Jr.
2: <laughs>
1: While you're talking, I'm going to look it up.
2: Number two. A gentleman by the name Max Power, a midfielder for Sunderland AFC. I really hope that his parents sat down one day watching The Simpsons, the episode in which Homer changes his name to Max Power and decided to name their nice. child after that. If not... It's a bit of a letdown, but still, fantastic name. Sounds like a power bar. Three, Dick Butkus, of course. Only a man with a name like that could be the most intimidating linebacker in pro football history. Brilliant name, dicks, butts,
1: kissing, done. Three of your favourite things. (laughs) 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 Fuck.
0: Fair enough. Uh, You teed him right up there, Jack. I do. Yeah, Jack, uh, some great names there. For my top three, uh, I'm starting with Hurricanes Fly Half. From the world of rugby union, Jackson Garden Bashup. Because if I'm being honest, he sounds like an airport in the deep south. Um, But is in fact a rugby player. Uh, Number two on my list, recently announced as Dundee United's new manager. It's Mickey Mellon. That's Mickey (laughs) Mellon. Who, in all honesty, sounds like he should be flogging fruit and veg in the east end of London. But my number one name for athletes in sport, and it comes from the world of NASCAR, he sadly passed away a few years ago, but that is Mr. Dick Trickle. That's Mr. <laughs> Dick Trickle, who was famous for doing caution flags, lighting a cigarette, smoking the cigarette, and then putting it out before returning to racing. Um, so, yes, that's Jackson Garden Baship, who's an airport, Mickey Mellon, fruit and veg seller, and Dick Trickle. No introduction needed. Jeremy Kuro.
1: I did have Dick Butkus on mine as well. Nice. Uh, This is too good to pass up. Uh, I'm going to shout out a a few that almost made it, being Frosty Rucker and Robert Tractor Trailer. (laughs) So, (laughs) Number three for me is Al Albuquerque, who is a former Major League pitcher. When your last name is Albuquerque, there's pretty much one name you shouldn't name your son, and that's Al. (laughs) Yet they have... Uh, My second favorite New York Jet of all time, Shaw Ferguson. Yes, love it. Who, fun fact, mixed one snap in his entire career because his helmet came off. And my number one (laughs) name is former MLB outfielder Coco Crisp. Yeah,
0: nice. Which is a cereal.
1: And a former Oakland Athletic.
0: That is fantastic. Boys, it's been another brilliant evening talking sports. As always, there was some politics. There was a lot of non politics. Um, to everyone listening, we thank you. Um, we're still getting brilliant feedback. Uh, and we're loving doing the podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, our handle is All Our Teams. Um, Jack Green, thank you. Thank you. Jeremy Curo, thank you.
1: <laughs> That's creepy, Jack. Uh, <laughs> see you, boys. <laughs> Sound like a Mormon. (laughs) I've been Mickey Mellon, and we'll speak to you next week.